I don't have anywhere to go from here. Mm, yeah, that, that, was, that was very compelling. Yeah, <laughs> that was some compelling podcasting. This part's getting cut out. I think it's already done. I think we finished the episode. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really. Yeah, episode accomplished. Last this has 10. been. <laughs> wow, everyone fell silent. This has been the last ten. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, Ted, you're looking shaven. Oh, I know. My, look at my my face is like three inches smaller than you would think. Because yeah, this it. is weird. It's once a year, man. It always happens. Same reasons too. It's always fucking Wait, costume parties. Did you go with the full shave and we just did no? That's, that's later in the week. Um, just like oh wait, I didn't do a full shave. I so yeah. because of my horrible skin disease, I have to take care of my face or anything that's under my hair. So I have to buzz it really low, like, like nice and low. Yeah, not quite close. That's but about where I get it too. Um, and then I have to let it sit there for a few days and then buzz it and then shave it off, um, or else it irritates the shit out of my skin. And I have, like, red marks where my beard was, so it's like I didn't shave, and I it was really fucking weird looking. So, I just trimmed it down. The shave is coming, uh, probably Wednesday. Um. Okay, okay, but, but you cut off most of your beard doing, or pardon me, during No Shave November? Uh, yeah, I guess. Maybe. I don't really participate Rude. in No Shave Don't November. you care about prostate cancer? Uh, I did that once. But that's <laughs> Prostate cancer is specifically Movember. It's the mustache one, so that didn't work anyways. I mean, it could be either if you really wanted it to. Maybe. I think it, it the, originally stemmed from um, raising money for prostate cancer by growing mustaches, which I did once, and I had a kick-ass mustache, um, though I felt like My a pedophile is... the whole time. My company's super committed to it, like... All of our conference rooms, the, the the giant TVs in them would have, like, Movember ads on them with employees with mustaches. Nice. It was pretty cool. It was good. Where's you your mustache, is good. My mustache. Yeah, where's your mustache? It's, it's, it blends in with my beard. That's, that doesn't count. It can only be a mustache the whole time. Shit. Yeah, You're fucked no, up. Yeah. You know no what extras. else is cool? I'm not sure. What? what School. School is cool. Drugs. And so is drugs. the sounding it's board. Drugs. No. This is like episode... Oh. It's drugs. It's definitely drugs. <laughs> Come on. Let's Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the sounding board after an extended vacation. This is like episode 76 or something. I don't, I don't keep count anymore. But we are here to talk about Leonard Cohen's last album. Ted, you picked this one. Yeah? Yep. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, if I were to guess. It would be. Pretty certain that you picked You Want It Darker by Leonard Cohen. That's yes. going to be our al- album of the week this week. Uh, we also have some catching up to do because it's been a couple weeks since we've recorded anything. We're going to have a catch and like a uh, dad and his son. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it'll be it'll be really good. I uh, We got busy down here in Seattle Camden was here. He came down here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I came down there. We all... Like, everywhere. All over <laughs> yeah, the sofa. All over. Man. All the kitchen. Over he sent Josh's me pictures. Apartment. I was really impressed by the it amount was, that it was created. It was, it was kind of awkward, really, because, like, I was sleeping in the next... Well, sleeping, not... not Asleep. Don't act. Don't act like over. you weren't participating. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> All right, I was part of the club. <laughs> it was yeah. good. It was good. 
Don't worry about it. It was good. Listeners, that shit. Yeah, yeah. We gotta be honest with our audience. They know. They know drugs are cool. You came down. You came Uh, with Camden. You (laughs) Camden came down for a couple days for uh, Thanksgiving. He, you, uh, you first stopped by your family's place, and it sounds like had a something of an adventure there. But then you made your way up to Seattle. I mean, I was trying to give you space to tell me about the adventure, but you didn't seem into it. Oh, so. yeah. That, I mean, that that part wasn't very exciting. The most exciting part about that portion of the trip was that now I know that my mom likes death <laughs> which is Which is badass. Which it's, is really He goes right really along good. with all Shocking. of her other favorite albums or artists yeah. too you know death grips and uh fucking oh what are they called uh i oh, i showed her like some of the most accessible death grip songs though uh but still i mean I yeah. even I the most accessible the, like, death grips super weird ones you didn't do inanimate sensations because inanimate sensations is the one i always start with i think it's the best choice which one? Inanimate Sensations. Oh, or, no, I, I would not start with that one. <laughs> That's the one that got me into them, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, what What did you start with? I showed her uh, I've Seen Footage, which is the one okay. that has, like, the Run DMC sounding beat in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. They're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that whole, like, thing in the background. <laughs> and I showed her uh, A from the new album um that one's pretty catchy and i showed her i think i showed her system blower too uh yeah she liked them which was just really surprising to me that's hilarious yeah yeah she was like this is really cool it's like (laughs) i thought she i was man i was i was sure the reaction was just like what the fuck is this (laughs) Can you turn what this garbage off? do you listen to <laughs> yeah. these days, Camden? God, I, oh, and I was kind of doing it as a joke because she was all like, "I, I, you know, never hear new music anymore. You got to catch me up on what people are listening to." And I was like, "People only <laughs> listen to Death Grips now. <laughs> this is it. Like, all other music yeah, like, stopped. Death. It's this just is the, it's, the music. I'm just like, it's all about Death Grips. That's all you need to know. Now you're hip. <laughs> you know Death hey, Grips. You're now. in it. You are in <laughs> yeah. the know." Yep. You're a gripper, as they call it. You could work at a college radio station now. <laughs> <laughs> so after introducing your mom to uh, Death Grips, you made your way up to Seattle, where we you you tried valiantly to compete with Bill on the drinking front. Oh yeah, our very small game of wizard staffs, our wizard sticks, where oh, no one God, like no one ordered anyone else around. Nothing I know, happened. It was, it was very uh, it was a very polite game of wizard sticks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. And Bill was, was in the lead the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and he never once told me to drink. Yep, not even once. I saw Bill's wizard stick wow. abandoned so several times, and you know what? I did not snap it in half. Not even once. Wow, a I, I man. one time was like, Bill, I saw your stick laying around. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> if my, there was my, any my. other context there, that would be a great statement. Yeah, uh, no, when you said I saw his yeah. wither- wizard stick, I was like, whoa, you guys did drink a lot. <laughs> Bill, I saw your wizard stick last night. And I was impressed. <laughs> oh. it, was, it was the biggest one there. 
<laughs> no doubt. You're the king of the wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like so ran I... out of we ran out of beer supplies for wizard sticks. Yeah, we we drank the beer to the to the ground. It was gone. Mm-hmm. And we ate a lot of Thanksgiving-y food, and then the next day, we saw a car seat headrest uh, oh, at yeah. the Neptune here. Nice! That. <laughs> that was it was rad. I, I, was like, I don't know, man. I was way into it, I was like, unsurprisingly. No, I, I liked it. Uh, the opening band was boring, and yes. made me want to take a nap, because I was already, like, tired, because we had just eaten, like, giant bowls of ramen before <laughs> the show. Mm. So I was, like, in ready to nap mode and then you this, had the uh, itis we won't yeah doesn't matter about the opening band they weren't they weren't <laughs> exciting they were not um but car seat address was really good they had a, like a really energetic show uh the touring their band, guitarist yes, was their guitarist awesome. was rad nice. yeah his his guitarist and i think they're just like all his friends he didn't introduce them by like full names he was just like yeah that's ethan on guitar yeah it's i'm will you're supposed to know who they are if you live in Seattle. They're just yeah. people from Seattle. They live next door, right? And you, everyone in every town knows every other person. Yeah, that's town. how music works in Seattle, especially yeah. in but large cities. Yeah, no, it was especially a, there. Especially, yeah. It was a. It was an. I, I thought it was an awesome show. They did uh, some some modified versions of some of their their tracks, like. They mixed Cosmic Hero with two other tracks in this really weird way that was very cool. Mm, um, interesting. Is that the one that they... had the Sweet Jane cover in the middle of it? Yeah, yeah. it was. <laughs> Curious. I like it. And then they uh, they did a, a, a an awesome encore. Like, normally yeah. by the time the encore rolls around, I'm done. I'm ready to go home. Like, I'm tired. It's been a long show. It's been a lot of fun. That was a, very, like, an... that was a pretty short show. I was going to yeah. work on that. It was, like, not a very long set. Um, it was, uh, I think they did about an hour 15. The opener did about 45. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for the encore, they brought out another Seattle band called uh, The Naked Giants, mm-hmm. um, who were, were goofy as fuck and really fun. And then they just played Talking Heads covers, and it was mm-hmm. great. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> for the next, for the next, the next, like, two days, I had the most first world problem, which was, man, I'd love to hear those covers again, but they're not recorded anywhere. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it was super fun, though. Um, Will Toledo is super talented. His band was really talented. His guitarist. Um, yeah, I think, uh, was... I think the guitarist was the one, the big. Um, hand in the the album, if I remember correctly, too. So it, if it's the same guitarist, because I remember reading that they did a lot together, um, though it was still yeah, obviously was, his front running project. It was he was guitar and primary and like the primary backup vocalist, um, mm. and just like so energetic and so into it and just having a great time. Um, and then the uh, the Naked Giants, the guy, uh, the their lead guitarist and singer came out in a in an I Am Will Toledo T-shirt, which was pretty good. Nice. Um, and it was it was just a ton of fun. I had a a great time once we made it past that opener. Yeah, that was uh, a good show. So nice. Thank you again, Camden, for getting me that mm-hmm. ticket. That was You're welcome. It was not expensive. <laughs> yeah, it was like fifteen dollars. Oh yeah. God, that's not fair at all. I saw Nico case over the past few weeks, and it was like thirty-five dollars plus an hour Damn. driver or whatever. Damn. It was nuts. Man. Yeah, 
you got mm. you could have if you were here seen car seat headrest for. I would have loved always that. I mean, a, uh, hmm? is it always like an hour plus drive to any show you want to go to near you? Sort of. I mean, there's there's basically one venue in Monterey, um, and it's controlled by older people because Monterey is filled with older people, uh, so it generally doesn't have anything good. Um, there are some interesting things. Apparently, Nick Offerman was here like a month ago with his wife. Oh, really? His name I've just forgotten, even though I know it. Um, and but that was like an eighty dollars like show. Carpentry um, exhibition or something? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, no, he's been he's been touring with comedy for the past four years. Um, yeah, his uh, his his routines. special was uh, American Ham. I think. Yeah, that was that was the starter too. Um, but apparently it was a good show, but it was like $80, so fuck mm. that. And then outside That's of that, the, the nearest one is Santa Cruz, which it's a kick-ass town, and it's got a couple of really good venues. Um, but it's at least 45 minutes if there's no traffic. So, eh, oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so it, it was, we got out at like 11.20 from Nico Case, and then I had to drive home, and I was super tired. <laughs> Worth yeah. it, certainly. It was a really kick-ass show. I'm jealous about Car Seat Headrest, though, because um, that album is probably in my top five for this year, most listened nice. to albums. It's, it's a the more I, album. The more I go back to it, the more I'm certain that it is in mine. Um, yeah. And, like, I, I almost hate to just, just like, wholesale take what Reeves said earlier this year, but, like, that and uh, the Symbol the Zeke guitar album... Oh shit! I still haven't listened to that. Oh, Oh, it's so good. I've been listening to that one a lot. I was building my my playlist, and I was like, "Fuck! I have listened to maybe a fifth of these albums that I've been meaning to listen to." (laughs) I was so bad this year. Yeah, this this year has been. uh, I've not met my goal. Yeah, Yeah. at least like I've listened to a lot. Yeah, there's just been a lot less new music listening going on in my life I, <laughs> which kind I of makes sense of like just real I think it's probably yeah I think it's kind of amusing that uh that we have talked like like all last year until it got released we were waiting for to pimp a butterfly mm-hmm. uh-huh. we have talked basically not at all about untitled unmastered uh we spent we had two episodes where we brought it up and we spent a Did good we? amount of time yeah yeah, it was right. one episode you weren't there, and then you wanted to talk yeah. about it again, and we okay. talked about it again, well, and it was uh, great. We, we're basically on the verge anyway, so let's talk about what we've been listening to. I've been listening to some stuff. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I, I get the impression that it's been a slow slow couple weeks for you, but I've been listening to some stuff this week in particular. Um, like I mentioned, I've been listening to uh, to the Car Seat Headrest album a lot, um, and and perhaps a little bit more relevantly and more immediately, uh, I've been listening to Pretty Years a lot, the the Symbols Eat Guitars album. The first couple tracks on that album are just incredible. They're so good. The first two in particular are just aces. The rest really are uh, throwaways. Are you saying? <laughs> Garbage. Start with two. I'm not going to say they're throwaways. So like... I'm not going to say they're throwaways, but like, I'm pretty sure the high point in that album comes in the first two songs. Oh, that's and hard. Oh. No, it's a really high high point. Like I the second song Have a Heart is just it it might be in my top 3 tracks this year. Um I've also been listening to more uh, of Atrocity Exhibition and man if uh if Tell Me What I Don't Know isn't still my favorite song on that album. Just so fucking good. Um 
We talked a little bit about Wildflower by the Avalanches, mm-hmm. which I had no idea what to expect going into that. I didn't expect a kind of like weird hip-hop record, but I was happy to have it. It was good. It was good stuff. Um, what else? Uh, oh, so I, I listened to... Um, so I introduced one of my coworkers to Clipping today, uh, to, to Shooter. Um, which got me to start listening to Splendor and Misery. That's a weird fucking thing. Oh, you finally listened to that. Yeah, what'd you think yeah. of that? I haven't finished it yet. I got about halfway through, um, but I love the I love the setup and I love like how well they use hip hop to be like the ship computer. Like the the warning, mothership reporting thing. I love that. I think it's dumb and great and like musically it might not be the most fascinating thing, but I re- it's it's very charming for me. Um, yeah. I I yeah, find I think I've already I already talked about that one a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you getting into it. Um you were not super into it. Uh, like I said, I find it very very charming. Um I got for the first time uh for the first time I I listen or well I wanted to do some reading the other night. I was told that uh, there was a book club meeting for a book that I was kind of interested in, but had not even started reading the next day. So I sat down and wanted to read through uh, all of... It's a book called Weapons of Math Destruction. And it's really interesting, but desperately in need of an editor. (laughs) <laughs> which is to say in order to like power through this whole book in well most of this book in a night i listened to some stars of the lid i'd only listened to the the album we we had done on the show the tired sounds of stars of the lid but i spent an evening listening to and the their refinement of the decline yeah good album i liked that a lot i was way into it and i think i'll be spending some more time with that uh in the in the coming weeks like same same thing as the the tired sounds for me it's just in it's an incredible album to have on in the background and to just experience like it's so good it's perfect for reading or studying was very very happy to yeah stars of the lid gotta come back man it's like 2007 i think that came out yeah it's it's been been a while but they they worked on uh the atmos Right? Yeah. But they yeah, they done... have a, a winged victory for the Solon. That's like one of the guys and uh, someone else. But That's right. They haven't done something as the Tired Stars. Yeah. They should pump something out. It's been a hot minute now. Almost that would be, decade. That would be really good. I would be yeah. really into that. I, I believe um, that that album is in the works, if I remember correctly. Okay. That would I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah. The uh, the last thing that I spent any time with was um, I've mentioned recently that I've been real into the weekend, uh, and their new album, his new album, came out, uh, Starboy. Um, it's good. There's some good stuff on it. It's uh, I didn't like it as much as uh, Beauty Behind the Madness because like Beauty Be- Behind the Madness is ridiculous. It's super sexy and and weird and cool um this has some good singles uh there's a a really strong kendrick feature on it that i liked a lot but in terms of just the overall album i didn't think it was quite as strong it it was a little bit blander than uh i've seen a number of reviews for that album i think all of which gave it like a six 
Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because like I don't, I don't like I don't know I I've actually I've never listened to a weekend album. Well, it's in my life. it's unfortunate <laughs> um, because like the lead single of that album, Starboy, is rad. It's really good. It's a really good pop song. I'm way into it. Um, but like a lot of the stuff in that album just feels like filler. Um, for for things like Starboy and for False Alarm, uh, so it, that's kind of that's rough. Um, especially like when I I go back to Beauty Behind the Madness and like there's so much shit on that album that is just so explicit and weird and delightful. Like it it calls to the like oversexed pop that I really like, and this kind of falls short of that, which is which is a real bummer. Um, because because. Starboy itself, the song, is really good. But those are the main things that I've listened to. And uh, as we, we get closer to the end of the year, I feel like I really have to kind of get a little deeper into that. Yeah, yeah I, I gotta most start, of my listening going been... back because it's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, you know, not a lot of new stuff's coming out. It's kind of time to yeah. sort of evaluate everything. Yeah, I've been building my 2016 and 2006 lists and kind of diving into those. The only, like, new thing that we haven't talked about that I've listened to was the uh, Nico Case album, Fox Confessor Brings the Flood, um, which is, like, the first time I've... You haven't listened to that before? uh, I've heard most of it, but I've never actually sat down and listened to all of it. Um, Dude. And we never talked about it on here, (laughs) so I figured I'd bring it up. That album is fucking awesome. Yeah, man. That was such a good album. Dude, I Fox Confessor Brings the Flood and, like, Middle Cyclone and uh, uh, the one with the long name um, that I always forget uh, the name of. The worst things get, the harder yeah, I fight, the, the harder I fight, the more like, I love you. Such a strong trio of albums. Like, mm, so, it's mm. so fucking good. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I forgot one thing. Um... The yeah. new song and they were they were fucking awesome. So. Shut up, kiss me mm-hmm. by oh, really? Wilson. Cool, yeah, it's really good. Oh, that's another that's that's another artist my mom liked, <laughs> Angel Wilson. But that was not that wasn't surprising. <laughs> that one makes no. more sense though. She's pretty accessible uh, in a bunch of ways. Yeah, makes a lot more sense. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I have, I don't yeah. know if I mentioned this because I've kind yeah, of been I um uh. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I think I might have, but <laughs> there is something weird going on lag-wise on my end. Uh, <laughs> no <worries>. but, <laughs> but I I don't think I've mentioned that I've been listening to the new... I mentioned it when I did listen to it first, but I've been listening to the new Bon Iver album a lot, and I like really, re- really, really like it. Yeah. Yeah? Nice. Um, okay. And... I've never really gotten that into a Bon Iver album before, but <laughs> yeah, I think he hit on something with this one for me that kind of like, I uh, kind of went a little further forward with uh, his, not not really like heavily experimental tendencies, but you know, experimental enough to be like interesting touches to his sort of music. So you have like mm-hmm. the sort of like incorporation of like the glitchy electronic stuff and uh, mm. the vocal manipulation that I like when he does, and he does that you know quite a bit. And I think also, you know, it's not just like gimmicky because the songs are really good too, and it's like 
a lot of really beautiful moments on that album. So I like that. I like that one a lot. And I, I didn't, I don't know. I expected to enjoy it. I else do, but like I said, like I've never really gotten huge into a bony bear release before. And definitely got me this time. <laughs> yeah. I still okay. haven't checked it out yet. I, yeah, it's yeah, really right, so it'll it. happen. I, most of my listening is going to be, um, in starting in two weeks when I make my drive up North. Um, cause I've got oh, something yeah. like a total of uh, about 20 hours from here to Bellingham. Then I've got three days on the ferry in total, plus like 18 to 19 hours from Haynes to Anchorage. So I'm going to listen to so much music. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good, it's a perfect time to do it on drives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just go like. Yeah, you're going to be stopping through here for a little bit, aren't you? I am. I'm going to be hanging out for a Excellent. day at least. I've got to write good. down my plan because I keep good. being like, this is my plan, and then forgetting what I've told everyone. So <laughs> we'll make it happen. <laughs> Should be exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, well, <laughs> if we don't have any more unique albums that only one of us listened to, let's talk about an album that all of us listen wait. to. Wait, oh, no, wait, oh. this is way more important. So I did something okay. very exciting this week. I don't oh, know if you guys you? are ready, but I played a video game, so we got to do a quick video game. Oh, oh the video oh, I played a video game, too. Let's go into our video game. So first one, the one I want to play that came out this week is Final Fantasy XV, and I have such a hard-on for that game, because it's been a decade of me being ready to spend my life playing that, and I'm so excited to play it. And one of my best friends has been playing hard. And I can't. One wait. of my coworkers talks about it all the time. Ugh, it just—it's so pretty, and I want it. Um, but since I can't play that, I was uh, on the couch doing something. I don't remember what it was. Um, I think like Lita passed out on me, and I didn't have the ability to put a movie on or anything, or I didn't want to watch a movie, and I wanted to play a video game. So I started playing Tokyo Jungle for the first time in about oh, a year. Oh hell yeah! Oh god, that game is so good. Uh, so I was playing as the Golden Retriever and doing well somehow, because that char- like the Golden Retriever is so slow and boring and not great. <laughs> um, but so I, I played as the Golden Retriever. Uh, but right before I started playing as the Golden Retriever, when I started up the game for the first time in forever, I guess not including the year I didn't play it, uh, story part two or the the second episode of the story booted up. So, because for some reason, I don't know if it's just my game or what it was, but we could play the tutorial section of the story, the first episode of the story, which was, you're a Pomeranian, go go find food and sleep somewhere. Um, and then it would never load the next parts of it, no matter how much we played. And it was really infuriating. But for some fucking reason, after not playing it for a year, it was just like, you get episode, episode two now. Go fuck something. It'll be great. <laughs> So I got to be a Pomeranian. Don't worry about it. Yeah, which is so hard to play as a Pomeranian, for the record. Yeah. I forgot how fucking weak yep. those things are. Um, and then I beat story number two, and I was so pleased. But then, so I was playing the Golden Retriever, which is also difficult, but a little easier. Um, and I mm-hmm. lived to like yeah. 42 years, I think. I managed to run all the way through the sewer. I even made it in the sewer. I don't know how that happened. I was so pleased. Fuck that sewer. Yeah, that place sucks. I I went there to die on purpose, and then it didn't happen. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll keep going. And then suddenly I ended up in one of the parks, and I was surrounded by 
fucking like 900 lions. I don't know what was happening. Oh, no. But I, I killed like two of them. And then I was like, why are there more lions? What's happening? And I found like a bunch of lion cubs, like 15, which chased me. And then I kept running. And I had a just, my map was just like a wall of, like there was like little green dot me trying to run and a wall of goddamn lions just chasing after me. <laughs> I, oh. it was, I managed to run around for about five minutes without them killing me, and then I got too hungry, so I I got, like, bumped by a wolf that I ran into or something, and then I died, and all these lions came and ate the wolves. It was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Man, uh, I love that game. That game is so, so great. That I, game is so fucking weird. Yeah, it post-apocalyptic. Play as all the pets. I did. I did. I tell you that we downloaded before I left Henderson. We downloaded a couple of the um the special characters. So we've got like the little robot dog. We have a human. Um, we have uh fucking uh Homo sapien or something. Yeah, and then some random awesome. special ones. Yeah, I love that game. It's so yeah, great. Yeah, it's great. God. Yeah, I loved how that would like randomly happen. Sometimes you just show up somewhere and there'd be like an absurd amount of. <laughs> I just remember the first time it. the first time I, I I like made it to the sewers in that game I ran in and I was doing alright I was some kind of dog thing I don't know and a, after about like 10 seconds I saw a panther and I was like oh shit panther I'm like a Pomeranian I gotta run and I ran and I slipped off something in the sewers and fell down into the uh into the lower level and got eaten by two alligators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds like the sewers. I don't know how I fucking survived. I got so lucky. I killed oh. two panthers while I was down there, and I came across one crocodile, tried to kill it, and it killed my little brothers or whatever, the yeah. things that were following me around. And I was like, all right, this crocodile isn't working out. I'm going to leave now. Yeah, pretty much every time I've like, entered the sewers in this game, that game, I'm like, well, this is going to be over in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, There's got this to be a better way, but yeah. there's no food any other way. Yep. Yeah, it was nuts. Oh. That game is so great. I, I, uh, I've been playing the new Pokemon. Oh, nice. How is that going? Yeah. I, sp- I put 20 hours into the new Pokemon <laughs> the first weekend it came out. <laughs> good choice. I like it. Uh, it's really good. It's nuts it's- what those games have turned into. They've gotten so, like, dynamic. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really, really good. My uh, my team has, uh, let's see, I have a giant angry sand crocodile named a Crocodile. Wait, you didn't give I him have- better names? That's the best well, part he, about Pokemon. I, I, I didn't expect to use that one, so I didn't give him a better name. I just, like, I was having trouble picking, and I had caught him, and I was like, all right, I'll try this guy out. And then as it turned out, he was pretty good. Um, I have uh, I have a, like, weird, gigantic, angry, like, bug ogre thing called a <laughs> Galisopod that, uh, that fucks shit up. I have uh, what else? Um, I have I have some. I've got I've got more bug Pokemon than I've ever used in one of these games before. One of my other ones is like, it's an electric bug type that looks like a fucking spaceship. Okay, it's pretty good. Uh, I have what else? Uh, my starter. I got the grass owl guy, who's pretty cool. Um, 
Oh, and I I have a uh, the the Alolan form of Marowak, which is like a ghost that is on fire. <laughs> okay, that's curious. Yep. Interesting yep. direction. So wait, okay. Yep, more so... important than any of these things, what did you name your character? Yeah, that's that's. I named them my my character. Did you just name it Josh? Are you that guy? I you super did. named you it Josh. Fucking nerd! What? Oh Dude. my god! Yeah. Oh my I am going god. on this fucking Pokemon adventure. Is, Fuck you guys! The, what is wrong with you? No, you, you always on your you always give your characters again. ridiculous names, and you no. Always I gave my them. I gave my Pokemon like weird names of obscure gods and shit. That's, That's fine. Not I got cool. that down. That's like but, nerdy guy with chin chin beard thing going fine, on. Fine, fine. My neck. Let my neck beard grow. I am going on my Pokemon adventure. My name is Josh, and so is my Pokemon characters. <laughs> all so of there. them are Josh. My Pokemon yeah, are here. all named Josh. Yeah. All Josh. Every Pokemon is Josh. Josh, Josh, Josh is on this Pokemon adventure Josh with his Josh. 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 Yep. Josh sent out Josh. That's my, my favorite game. I've got a bunch of friends that are really into Pokemon, and they like to play together. But I think mostly because they love naming them. So we'd sit yep. together, playing various games, doing whatever... Uh, like smoking or drinking, and we'd he'd, we'd always like try and group name ones. We've got things like uh, lick a tongue named Lindsay Lohan, um, Eagles Good. for Freedom, just fucking nuts names. My, There's some excellent ones. My, my favorite there. was uh, was was lick a tongue named HR violation. <laughs> That's good. I do like that. See, fucking step that yeah, up. Yeah, do that shit. Yeah. Um, there was a, a there's a really funny internet comic called super mega awesome oh, Comics. i did have a good one i did have oh, I, I did have one good one hold on yeah. i have i had one good one i have a a toucan thing named tupac shakur <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not bad i'll take that uh but yeah so we had uh there's a really one of my favorite internet comics because it's fucking terrible uh it's all like yellow paper like shitty sketchy lines and stick figures it's called super mega super mega awesome comics um and it's all fucking ludicrous it's so funny so uh my friend tyler and i had a bout where he played one and we would like have a we'd randomize the comics because there's hundreds of them and we'd choose something from that comic to name the character so there's one uh like or name the the pokemon so he's got pokemon like named bear or dog and cool bandana and soap foot and just good these ridiculous it's so great naming the pokemon is the best thing you're fucking up josh yeah, well get right. on it <laughs> all right i'm okay True. <laughs> yep yep yeah that's a oh oh, oh. i watched all of atlanta oh Robin shit how is Michelle. that uh Parts of it are really, really good. Like, really good. And then parts of it are less good. Like, it, it definitely feels like it has a bit of an identity an identity crisis. But by and large, like, really smart, really funny. Okay. Uh, I, I wonder where it's going to go. Yeah. Because I really so, like him. Recommend. I don't generally like his music. I really, I see the direction. He's got some killer lines here What's or there. What's the show? But... I don't know anything. I don't know anything about the show. Oh, go for it. Okay, so uh, it's called Atlanta. It's Donald Glover, uh, who is from Atlanta, um, writing a show sort of about what it's like to be poor in Atlanta. 
It's kind of the short version. Um, but basically, he works as like a like a travel agency sort of thing at the airport, and his cousin releases a a single um, and starts to make it as a rapper. So he goes, "Oh shit!" Like, let me be your manager, and then it kind of spirals out from there. But mostly it's about, like, the struggle of being poor. Um, and it's it's clever, and it's funny, and it's weird. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, there's, there's, there's some terrific writing in it, and then there are some times where, like, the last, like, the last episode in the season I felt was, like, generally pretty weak. Ooh, that's um, hard to end on a bad episode. Yeah, it was it was okay, but not good. Or like not definitely not great. So other than that though, um by and large I thought that show was quite good. It's definitely worth a watch and I'll watch another season if another one comes out. Like he's real smart. He's a smart dude uh and and it's a smart show. So, I I figured I'd check it out if it ever became Let's convenient. transition. Woo! Oh, we're going through the transition portal. The transition portal. Ooh. Um, <laughs> to Leonard Cohen. Ooh. Let's transition to Leonard Cohen. Leroy. Uh, I give up. No. Uh, Ted, you pick this album. Why don't you introduce it? Well, it's not Leroy, but I like the direction <laughs> you went. It was a good effort. Um, Leroy Cohen. Yeah. Leroy Cohen. That's what he yells when he plays World of Warcraft, obviously. Uh, <laughs> that's the uh, name that he gives himself when he played. Yeah, he played. He, sorry, played. He wants video to feel. Games. Yeah, he does not play video games <laughs> yeah. anymore. Leonard Cohen's ghost is not in the video game like, stream. I'm going to name myself Leroy Cohen. Ghost. <laughs> Call me Leroy. <laughs> and he would like whisper poetry to other gamers mm-hmm. as he was going. He'd see him run yeah. by, and be like, "There he goes." <laughs> and I'm not gonna try and say Leonard Cohen poetry because it would be garbage. <laughs> but his favorite thing was definitely to go into dungeons with groups of people and yell his name and charge into the midst of battle and fuck everything up for everybody. Yeah, that's Just... <laughs> that's a theme that's really explored on most of his albums, I feel like. Absolutely. Is he the, just uh, runs in and he does charging Leroy and... <laughs> Cohen. <laughs> yeah. Classic Leroy Cohen. That yeah. <laughs> Anyways, well, let's talk let's talk about this this guy. All right. So, Leroy Cohen. Our boy Leroy. Um so Leonard Cohen is a poet, musician, painter, um, a novelist. He's kind of a Renaissance man of sorts. Um, born in Canada years ago, many years ago, <laughs> several years ago. Yeah, S- like six, eight years. Who knows? Um, about eighty-two, roughly. So in the thirties. Um, yeah, <laughs> about eight or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he's. He's put out 14 albums in his life um, with various live albums, 14 studio albums with various live albums, um, fucking loads of poetry, loads of fiction. He's just constantly been doing things. Um, And so he's a really interesting guy. I was overwhelmed with all the shit written about him. Um, 
it was nuts. So I decided to ignore a lot of it and then focus on the things that I found immediately pretty interesting. Um, so he's the simple things to say that I should mention. He's heavily awarded. Um, he's got a lot of like acclaim from various parts of the world, which is fascinating. He's got the highest honor that a civilian can earn in Spain. Um, yeah, some no, I was gonna, Poland. I was gonna mention that at some point in mm-hmm. this podcast. But like when I was traveling, I remember that like Leonard Cohen was like one of the people that like everyone everywhere like really really liked and especially in spain like fucking everyone loves leonard cohen in spain it's (laughs) It's so interesting (laughs) really yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's really fascinating and i don't know necessarily if it's his writing um he spent so many years touring in his life and touring all Mm -hmm. the fuck over um for instance i was gonna bring it up later but it's so convenient one of my favorite songs of his the partisan is essentially like the second-hand Polish national anthem, because when he was there in the 70s, they had been under martial law for about two years, and he wrote that for them, and it's this beautiful piece, but it's, like, he's so revered in all of these incredible places, um, including here, it just seems Mm. to be talked about a little less, I guess. Um, Yeah. It's fascinating. Well, he's kind of got one of those, um, he kind of had one of those positions where He's, like, super well-known, but not, like, at the forefront of things. But he's, like, one of those guys that, like, everyone, like, every songwriter, or not everyone, but, like, so many songwriters, like, revere Leonard Cohen. You know, he's, like, a songwriter, songwriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I saw. I actually um, saw someone say that in a review. It was, like, he yeah. is the songwriter that all young songwriters look to. <laughs> yeah. So, like, everyone in, like, the music world... You know, like, his influence extended so far, but he wasn't, like, a huge, like, bombastic public figure. Like, mm-hmm. um, in contrast to someone like, you know, other people who died this year, like David Bowie or Prince, who are just, uh, who are in the same way are, like, huge and, like, massively influential across the music world, but they were, like, in the spotlight, you know. Yeah, they were pop um, idols. And it's kind of interesting that, that it's it's, like, that same influence is there, but, like, the... Uh, sort of like bombastic public presence isn't, which is kind of interesting. I feel like yeah. I, I feel like most people you talk to would know Leonard Cohen's name, but not yeah. his work. Yeah, yeah, which is nuts because some of his music is the most covered songs you'll deal with, like mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is... It's like yeah, public mm-hmm. probably not, but I I would bet if you asked like if you just did the the questioning with like all musicians, it would be like mm-hmm. everyone would have you know. Our, our songwriters, especially, like, stuff that, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so he's a very interesting figure all around. Because, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know how to say his, like, describe his writing style without sounding pandering or, like, I don't know, stupid about it. But he, <laughs> he's one of those writers that will cover kind of life in a very effective way um like from looking at despair but with a joyous sort of tone understanding Mm -hmm. that there's shit happening all the time but it's just how it happens um he's always been fascinated by spirituality um he was born jewish um and has always been jewish but he also spent something like five years um in in a zen buddhist temple in los angeles as an assistant to um 
uh, a man whose name I forget, Sasuke or something. <laughs> I don't have any of this written down, but because that guy's name isn't as important to me. But um, I, I heard an interview that he recorded in 2007. Um, it aired just before he died on uh, NPR that I heard snippets of it. He was talking about his time in the, the Buddhist temple because he was kind of depressed and he, though he, he says he is Jewish first and foremost and that his Zen Buddhism doesn't really affect his Judaism because Zen Buddhists don't believe in a deity so it shouldn't have any issue. Um, but he, he was talking, he was like, you know, I thought it was good. Um, I like it, but also I kind of hated it. I was just bitter and angry. And he wrote, um, he has a, a book of poems dedicated to his master guy. Um, <laughs> and there's, there's a moment where he mentions, yeah, you know what, you know who I'm talking about. If you're from LA, you already know. I don't even say it because all big towns, you know, everybody. Um, but so he, he has like a moment where he talks about secretly hating everybody. And he's like, yeah, you know, you do a lot of work when you're in Zen Buddhist temples. And I was in my sixties and I didn't really want to do a lot of work. But, uh, oh. it, 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 he definitely like chose it and he was pleased he, he did it. But, you know, sometimes you have days where it's harder to do things. But, um, so he's always been fascinated with spirituality and that always comes out in his albums. In this one, you know, it's a big one because this is an album yeah, he wrote a, sort of in the throes of, of massive, like, stages of cancer. Um, with the idea that he may be dying soon, so you can really feel it. In the first song alone, you know, he has that moment where he goes, Hine, any, Hine, any, right? Hine, I think that's yeah. how you say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. I always thought was me mishearing him and he was saying something obvious, but it's apparently a Hebrew, I'm here, which is supposed to be like a response when God calls out to you. Um, so it's like a, a big thing. Um, so, and it's present in the entire album. I think there isn't a song where it isn't present. Um, so he, he's, I don't know, he just has such a sense about his writing that grabs me in so many ways more than anyone else, um, which is fascinating. And I, I really struggle with writing when it's in music, as I've talked about millions of times um, on this, I'm sure. I can't really hear what people are saying when they're singing to me uh, and even if i'm singing most of the words i have no idea what they're actually saying but with him i can really follow pretty well um and part of that obviously is because in in most of his music especially this album his voice is first and foremost it's kind of like the main figure um but yeah, especially in later years when he got like super heavy and raspy yeah um, when he gave his voice up on was trying always distinctive to sing, but like, what I would say. but like mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely his later music, like, and especially on this album, it gets like yeah. gravelly to like almost ridiculous degrees. Uh, um, it's so great. I want it. Yeah. I want my voice to sound like that so badly. I always have. Um, but and he was talking about that in 2007 for one of the albums he put out. Then, um, I don't remember what it's called. The old times, maybe. Excuse me. Um, but he was saying he's like, oh, you know. I once I finally gave up on trying to sing because he felt he never had a very good voice, which isn't true actually. He's got a nice voice. It's very sort of seventies folk male singer, um, simple. But 
when he gave up on that and started doing just sort of like the poetry reading aspect, mm-hmm. um, it worked better. And then the lady was like, oh, your voice has gotten a bit, it's got some really nice character to it. He's like, well, you know, a million cigarettes and a thousand gallons of liquor later kind of give that to you. <laughs> he's got he's got a bit of the, the, the good bad voice Tom Waits gravel going on. Yeah. For sure. Which, Especially uh, like early in this album. Yeah. Yeah. There's in, in that first track it comes out so mm. strong. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. The first time it came out I was just so pleased. <laughs> um yeah, he's had a big life. I mean, he was part of the factory crew with Andy Warhol. It was kind of on the fringes, but he was around for that. Um, he's spent most of his life writing, like that, from the beginning, because he started doing that at a very young age. Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting that, like, musically, like, his first album came out when he was, like, in his mid-30s or something. Like, Yeah, yeah, I think 33 or late. something like that. It's nuts. Yeah. It's pretty late. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, he had been writing for way longer, you know, and you can tell, like, you know, that in his lyrical style, like, he seems to be sort of a poet first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always thought that was interesting that someone so, because, like, that's usually not the case, because usually, like, the big influential musical figures, like, almost always have started, have like, really young. Forever. You know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They've been playing forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So having your first album come out at, in your 30s is sort of, yeah, sort of a weird outlier. Um, it's it's very rare for that to happen yeah. and for them to be a successful musician. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Um, but yeah, throughout his career, you know, he, he would co- sort of get close to fame. Um, and most of the time, the things that brought him into fame were, as we said, other artists sort of covering him and, and sort of bringing... Um, acknowledgement towards him um uh, hallelujah was off his first biggest album um i don't think initially actually i think got reworked and put into it but it's been since then covered by over 200 artists or recorded by over 200 artists as a cover um most famously Wait, what do you mean it's off his first biggest it's not, like his first uh, well, i don't remember it's... what it was called because it's that's, on yeah uh, and it's on various positions that's like his seventh mm-hmm. or eighth album i think yeah he's reworked it and i think various positions was the biggest sell or the maybe not the biggest selling but it was sort of the most critically acclaimed um because it's one of the ones i didn't actually listen to oddly enough but um hey I, I saw a number of people reference it and talking about that one being one that they found hmm. um the most attractive i guess um but the important part of the part I didn't just make up or whatever um, was that an obscene number of artists have covered that song. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's almost impossible for you to have not heard it if you watch Shrek. Yeah, that's covered that's in what that really song well. like. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone has heard that song. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the oh, Jeff yeah. Buckley one was the first like massive cover of it. Um, yeah, and I'd say that version is the one that more people seem to know. At least yeah. in the U.S., um, I don't know how it is in other areas, but yeah, like that cover was massively popular in you know in a co- in like a song that's been covered you know hundreds of times. Yeah. Like that's kind of the one that I think people know the are mo- most familiar with. Yeah, which is reasonable because it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I love Fantastic that song cover for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was very common for 
Um, like his initial career started from a woman sort of being like, wow, I love your music. I'm going to sing some of it and I'm going to bring you on stage with me to sing some of it. Um, and so it's like one of the things that got him started. And then in the middle of his career, um, there was kind of a lull and a woman made a full cover album called God, I fucking, I can't turn the internet on, on my phone, which I use to look these things up and have it all written down. Cause it'll fuck my, uh, Skype up. So I won't be able to talk, but she had an album called, uh, in the blue coat, I believe some variants on those words, um, which brought a lot more attention to him again and sort of like, Oh wow. Where did all these songs come? Oh, they're all from this guy. I'll have to dig through his discography. Um, uh, and interesting, one of the more interesting things to me throughout his career, um, he had this big scandal, uh, a number of years back where he found out his longtime manager and very close friend had been, uh, embezzling money from him. Something like five million dollars, probably. Um, oh and it, wow! Yeah, it was it was it a big unfortunate problem for him. So he actually spent the past from two thousand eight on to two thousand fourteen, roughly. He was almost nonstop touring. Like there are so many um, videos and albums that came out from that. One of the the best ones that I listened to was a two thir- thousand fourteen album. Um, live in Dublin it's a really great show of all of his um, I, not all but just like a, a significant number of his songs from singles to deep cuts and it's it's great I that's really a, like yeah, that that's a really good album I was going to mm-hmm. mention that too I listened to the I think the two most recent live albums it was live in Dublin and live mm-hmm. in London while we were you know uh, waiting for waiting to do this episode, and I was like pretty impressed with, you know, first of all, like the length of the shows he was doing, they're like so two long. hour plus shows, and they're like really good performances, you know. And this mm-hmm. is like not that this is like a couple of years ago, you know. So he's like yeah, late seventies, early eighties, <laughs> doing these yeah. like huge, was no really joke, so impressed. Shows. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would. If you haven't listened to anything by him and you want a really good sort of start... Yeah, and they give, like, a good overview of, like, mm-hmm. all his, you know, uh, his eras, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a like... good sort of show of his personality and everything. I would definitely mm-hmm. recommend it. Um, I, I'm sad that okay. I will have no chance to see him play live because I bet it would have been a wonderful show. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so outside of this album, um, my favorite, the one I listened to the most was his sophomore album, um, which is right here, and it's Songs from a Room. Songs from a Room, yeah. Yeah, which is a fucking great album. Um, It's back when he was still singing, um, quite nicely, I would say. And it's got, I like most of the songs, I'd say the first half is the better of it, but mostly because the song I mentioned earlier, The Partisan, is on there. Um, and I'm so drawn to that song. I love that song. Um, so, Songs from a Room is a great start. And then, one of the first songs I heard from him, out or that I knew was him, I guess, rather, outside of Hallelujah, was um, A Thousand Kisses Deep, which is mm-hmm. a... It started as a poem, and then he sort of 
morphed it into a song, and they're kind of a pair now. Um, I sent it to you too. I'm not sure if you got a chance to listen to them, but I've I've always I've been fond of that one for a couple of years now. Yeah. What do you think of it? Hmm? Oh, I mean, did I knew you... that song. I had never oh, okay, uh, seen the poem portion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's a great song for sure. Yeah, I saw um, at the theater conference a couple of years ago. Someone did a, a reading of the poem for it, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna go look that up because that was incredible." So that's why I know that. I fucking love that. It's such a pretty poem. So I that's had the opportunity to uh, to read through it yet. I'll, so that's the uh, snap it up. Did you say it. that's like the first song you had heard from him? Yeah, it was the first one that I was like, I will now listen to a Leonard Cohen song. Um, (laughs) Outside of, like, hearing snippets over the years, because his his music's pretty um, widely spread through movies and Mm -hmm. and TV and whatnot. Yeah, you know, I think the first time, because I had, like, definitely heard... No, but I think the first time I actually heard a Leonard Cohen song, because I I knew Hallelujah, but I think I only knew the cover. Um, Mm Mm-hmm is in the movie uh, Natural Born Killers. They use the song The Future and the song uh, Waiting for the Miracle, which are from one of his albums. I think the album's called The Future, too. And it's like, it's sort of a weird selection because it's, I think that album came in like 1992, like right around when that uh, movie came out. Mm -hmm. And the lyrical themes are like really bleak and like, dark and and not in the way that like a lot of his music is dark but it's like very like sinister in Ooh, a way interesting and it's it really fit that movie really well um yeah that makes sense and i like and i remember hearing that and i was like man this is so weird because it's like this old man like calmly singing about these li- like really like scary evil sounding things and uh yeah i like that's that's still one of, i think it's kind of like a a, a weird you know, it's a deep cut in his discography. <laughs> that album. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if the song is because I think the song's fairly well known. Like he plays it in his uh, live shows and stuff. But uh, yeah, that was like my introduction to it to him, and I was like, man, this is because I think I was pretty young when I heard shit. that, and I was like, this is pretty weird. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'd recommend checking that out. Um, it's it's yeah, it's the I just looked it up. The album's called The Future. Uh, Okay. And that's sort of a weird era in his albums, I feel like, if you listen to the ones from, like, the 80s and the 90s, because, mm-hmm. and, like, I I don't know if I think this is a downside, because uh, in some songs, I think it, like, actually contributes, like, aesthetically and stuff, but they definitely have, like, that kind of dated production style from that period oh, where it's the, like the synthy one kind of like over synthed you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, and like the drums sound really fake and like it's but i don't know for some reason like in that song like that sort of sound like almost like tacky background music with <laughs> with the lyrics in that song was like really compelling to me when i heard it and i still really really like that song i'll have to um, check that out that sounds yeah. fantastic <laughs> but Anyways, yeah, that was that. I think that was like the first song I heard by him, and mm-hmm. it like definitely left an impression on me for sure. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, this album came out uh, just under a month ago now. Um, uh, 
you want it darker. And as we had mentioned before, um, last episode and just a bit ago, that he he wrote this kind of with the understanding that he's probably dying soon. Um, so there's a number of obvious lyrical references, and it's kind of debated um, whether or not he was writing this about death or if it's just kind of the direction. I think it was. That's my feelings. Um, he was quoted in the New York Times uh, roughly or just a bit before the album came out as saying, I'm ready to die. What? Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then, but he kind of backtracked it because people got all nervous and everything exploded um, and followed it up with, the, I've always been into self-dramatization. I intended to live forever. Um, <laughs> but that to me is sort of just a continuation of the obvious choice of, you know, I'm I'm at that point. I'm tired of living um, or whatever. So this is what we got. I I think you know the the most argued thing. Um, no, I, I'm not going to talk about that yet. We're going to talk about that later. What do you guys think of the album? <laughs> Let's stop babbling about things. Camden, do you want to start? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I started listening to this album just like a little bit after it came out. So, um, before he'd actually passed away, cause I think it was, you mentioned you were going to do it for the show and I'd really liked mm-hmm. the last two ones he had released. So I was like into his, you know, old, super old man phase. So I was mm-hmm. like, this should be pretty good. And I've been getting lots of really good reviews. So I checked it out and I was like, yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's really strong and it's, uh, in kind of the same way I, I, kind of cannot help but make the parallels between this and black star um, yeah it's hard because not, yeah. they're it's both hard, yeah they're both as far as i can tell like works from an artist who is aware that they are on the edge of death while recording the album yeah which is a mm-hmm. very very interesting thing and it makes for some like seriously emotionally compelling music uh and two in the same year. Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. crazy. Like, like when I, I remember when listening to Black Star, and you know, listening to it after Bowie had died two days after it came out, I was like, mm-hmm. you couldn't really like separate those events. Like, you couldn't really think about that as a piece of art apart from his death. You know, like, he, like the way it was set up is like that's you know that's just part of it. Yeah, and that's an like part of how you have to, to think the about the album. Um, and I, I feel like kind of the same thing happened here, especially you know because it's in the same way. Like so many of the themes of this album are the things that people think about when they're about to die. You know, it's like the reflections on life you have when you're pretty sure there's not that much of it left. Um, <laughs> you know, and I don't know. It's it's powerful for sure. I really like yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I was the thing that that stood out to me more than anything about this album is that it it, it is an album. Like mm. there's a lot of visiting the same themes throughout different songs. Yeah. On on this and a lot of lyrics that recur throughout the the album itself. Like uh, the in the very first um, song, 
there's that that lyric that is you know if you're the dealer i'm leaving the game and then track four is leaving the table right like Mm -hmm. and 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 there are things like that throughout this album and it's very cohesive like Mm -hmm. that was what that stood out to me for sure i liked it a lot uh i i i love the way it opens i love that that bass line um and and you want darker is an awesome track it's really good yeah, I uh, yeah, it's a great opener. Baseline, I'm glad you mentioned that. Baseline is awesome. That song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think it has the effect that a lot of um, Leonard Cohen's best songs have on you is just like, or at least to me, uh, like like a lot of the writing is like, you know, on the surface level, pretty simple. I think, but it's so like strong and i think the sentiments behind it are pretty deep that Mm -hmm. um i don't know it's just really powerful like uh yeah and he has so many songs that like give me goosebumps just by like listening to you know the delivery and the words he's saying and that's definitely happens a bunch of times on this album um and you want it darker and uh treaty and yeah leaving the table and uh it seemed a better way, which is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that one was great. Yeah, and I love that the album ends with the strings and then like the yeah with reprise, the reprise, just like one mm-hmm. one verse from Treaty. It was I think a great yeah the, the ending. closing on this album was so perfect. Yeah, I love the close because um, he he commonly has a lot of sort of orchestration in his albums, um, a lot mm-hmm. of string and everything, and so. Up until that point, minus some sparing moments where you've got like a little bit of a folksy violin, there's not much. So it's a really mm-hmm. sort of nice bow on top of the album, a nice sort of final response. It's lovely. Um, and I think It Seemed the Better is a great place for that song. Every time mm-hmm. I get to that point, it has a sort of shift. Um, where Not that they're boring and that they're all the same, but there needed to be a little bit of a difference. Um, and it was just so nicely placed there. Every time it gets to that point, I'm really pleased by it. If that, mm-hmm. yeah. I uh, I also really like Traveling Light. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Like the, uh, I think I think it has the the violin line uh, trunk into mm-hmm. it that I, I like a whole bunch. Yeah. Um. There's um, always Traveling Light. I kind of I'm torn between because the whole and I like it a lot. I think its delivery is great. But the I used to play a mean guitar wears on me just a little bit, which I think is good, and I think it, it works for the song. But every once in a while, I'm just like, okay, I get it. I'm done with that part. But it, <laughs> I, I, I still am happy it's there. It's a weird um, thing. I don't uh, dissonant thing for me. <laughs> what wears on on you about it? What what bu- what bugs you? I don't know. It's it's something about the delivery. Um, it's cause it's, I used to play a mean guitar mm. and it's the way he says it is just a little bit different. Um, it, it's like stepping out of the character just a bit of whatever he's singing there, but it, I don't think it actually does. I think it, I'm the issue more than the song is cause I haven't been able to figure mm. out specifically what I don't like about it. Um, and since I still, I dislike it, but I like it being there. I think it's just me more than anything. Mm-hmm. Let's see. 
Yeah, but all around, I think it's an excellent album. I mean, I was really taken by it. I, um, I, in the time that I've known of him, have greatly enjoyed his music, and I've found him to be an incredible writer, so it's a hard loss, so I wanted to copy Camden with the David Bowie thing. And I was thinking about <laughs> oh. doing the album anyway, so I was like, all right, well, I guess we're doing yeah. it now. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, I think, um... We shouldn't understate, like, this kind of feels at the outset like it's going to be, like, a guitar and lyrics album, and it's not. There's a mm. lot of other stuff going on on it, um, like the violin lines, the uh, the, the chorus um, that, that he's got going on. Like, there's actually, there was more complexity than I expected musically. And it's not, like, a super complex album, but I definitely... Uh, expected something a little bit simpler than it was and and I don't think that's a bad thing right like I think that it came together really well um and I think that the choices uh were were interesting and supported him well as he mm-hmm. kind of growled and rasped his way through it yeah yeah it was um it was his son's decision to make it like that actually his son really? is also a yeah he's also um a musician and songwriter and he encourages dad to do um our favorite back to the basics album and strip it way down, um, and so he was. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was the huge yeah, proponent for it that. It is a pretty. It is a pretty minimal album. Like it's not, you know, just you know, because like some of his early albums are just the acoustic guitar and lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. But this is still like pretty, pretty stripped back, and it's like. But I think that fits, you know, the style and the aesthetic of the album really well. Uh, yeah. You know, you have these simple but really beautiful music musical pieces um and you kind of focus on the atmosphere that creates and the the lyrics and like the themes that he's talking about uh, yeah which makes for a perfect environment for this kind of thing yeah um, definitely for the for the last album for a man whose music is so influential i think this is a really perfect sort of direction mm-hmm. for it to have gone yeah yeah well, yeah um perfect. It it was it was interesting for sure and it was good. Um it I think it stuck with me like maybe it was just the presentation, I think it stuck with me, uh and and the the fact that it was a dying man's album stuck with me a little bit more than it did with Black Star. Um I don't know. I uh it was an it was it was like it was very listenable. There was no point during this where I was like, Oh, I think I wanna switch things and like I didn't necessarily feel compelled to listen to it all the time, but I did want to come back to it. Um, it's good. I, I, I think it'll. I hope it'll stand up well, uh, given time. It's hard to say on an album like this because, like, we're always going to be a little biased when the artist has just passed away too. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, think, I think I think sometimes, like, I think an artist's death creates nostalgia goggles in some way but i don't think that always applies to their last albums like there are plenty of um you know like for example if we're talking about this year like prince didn't really get the chance to do like an album that he knew was going to be his last album you know yeah and it's Mm -hmm. like his most recent releases had gotten like pretty mixed reception and you know, no one's going back and saying that those are brilliant albums now. Um, so I think, I think there is like an aspect of like nostalgia looking back, and that you know sometimes adds more weight than is 
worthy to some things, but I don't think that's the case with this album or uh, Black Star. I think yeah. both those are legitimately like really great works for those artists, and um, pretty. I, it makes me happy that they were able to do that before they uh, before they died. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it's a good album. C plus. <laughs> it's good. Good out it's of ten. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Get some flair. It's good. worth listening to for sure. If if and and not only because it it it's his last album. Like it's a it's a really interesting thing, and he is he is a notorious storyteller for a reason. Like. Very, very talented man, and he was up until he died, apparently. Um, rest in peace, yep. man. I don't know. <laughs> well, let yeah, me see you on the, uh... on the wow front, Leroy. Leroy Cohen. <laughs> Leroy Cohen. Cohen. <laughs> yep, yep, good, good. Well, there we go. Awesome, right. thanks for listening with me, guys. Yeah, thanks for bringing this one to the table. I'm not sure I would have found I would have I would have found the motivation to listen to it on my own. Um, and there are a lot of really good articles on Leonard Cohen out there right now. If you want to learn some more um, books, even I, he's got a number of books. Books, about yeah. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of material, and and like I don't think he in the states, like we said, gets gets mentioned in the same sentence as like. Dylan or Waits or or those super famous super American songwriters, but the he he's got the chops right like he's he's and and you can see it in in where his work gets used and and how it gets covered. Um, yeah, yeah, it was good. It was it's a very emotional album actually. Are you? I I experienced no emotions listening to this personally, but. I, do you I'm guys gonna, remember gonna emotions? To, I don't remember. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit out that I just did. That, that yeah, you probably there. fucking clipped the crap out of your Yeah, microphone. it's ugly. Let me just write down the time. Um, in the meantime, talk amongst yourselves about music news. Why? Uh, no. <laughs> I've got music news. I've got music news that's relevant to all of our interests. I do. Don't give me that look. Run the Jewels 3 has a release date. Oh, really? Oh, it's got a yeah, date? I didn't know that. Is it this yeah, yeah. year or next year? Next year. Next January year. 13th. Oh, for shit. Free, early. For free, <laughs> digitally, and uh, also on CD and vinyl. Um, nice. We also have a track list for it and the features. Uh, most notably, two tracks featuring Danny Brown and one, one featuring Tunde Adabimpe. Oh, uh, really? Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty stoked for that. They also released a new single today called Legend Has It. Oh, nice. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but I am looking forward to it. Um, I, and the uh, oh, cover art is a blue, sort of like a blue faded background, light blue to dark blue with the, uh, the hand signals in like plated gold. Solid gold. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. It's rad. Yeah. It's real cool. It's pretty, I pretty I will sweet probably I will probably buy that record. Um, be guys, I I also have here a list of bands that broke up in 2016. Okay, I don't. Remember, uh, I can't remember any off the top of my head. Well, 
Uh, as of about two weeks ago, the presidents of the United States have broken up. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was, it was the election. They couldn't handle it after the election. Yep. They, yeah. uh, <laughs> they don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is still true, but Dillinger Escape Plan said that they would break yeah. up after yeah. their new album yeah. and tour. Yeah, I never uh, talked about that album. That album was really good. Cause, mostly because you guys aren't wouldn't be interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they yellow said card? that was their final album. Oh yeah, Yellow Card. Oh, I saw that Yellow Card. Yellow Card. <laughs> yellow card. Uh, you remember we listened to Agaloc? They broke up uh, a couple months before we yep. did their album. Yep. Yeah, that's um, right. Then a bunch of shit that I don't recognize. Oh, uh, Aerosmith has announced their farewell <laughs> tour for next year. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll be broken up until those, someone has a house payment due. Those fucking bands like that do that all the time. They're farewell always, on their, they're the always on their fucking band. farewell tour. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. They're, those ones are they getting will... pretty old, though, actually, so that, that yeah. might be oh, an actual one. They're going to be they're gonna be broken up until someone has a house payment due. Like, that's how mm. this works. That's all the news I really wanted to, uh, to bring up this week. Um, Important, next, as always. Next time Ripped we get together, I would say next week, but like it, it it's won't been be next week. Consistent lately, it might be next week. Um, we're going to be listening to a mixtape. You guys ready for some mixtape? Yeah, you better be ready for some mixtape because we are listening to Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper. <coughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> God. Wow, 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 wow! Thanks, Camden. Uh, I really like this mixtape. I'm excited you, to talk about it. Did you just listen to this? I listened to it a couple weeks ago. Oh. Yeah. Man. I was like, oh, this is good. 2013's calling, looking for its summer album. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I don't disagree. But, but I was just starting to get into hip-hop in 2013, so I've okay. got a lot of catching yeah. up to do, okay? So when acid I pick... Raps, acid Rap's sweet. I like it. When I pick... Straight out of Compton by the NWA, and I go, "This is hype, guys. We're gonna listen to it." Did you hear this hot new NWA release? Damn! <laughs> oh, so good, so good. Um, that's about what I got. Do, do any of you guys have some last words, some parting shots? Yeah. Did you guys know Leonard Cohen died? What? <laughs> Leonard Cohen Wait, died. The one yeah, we were just talking died, about. He died. He died while we were recording this podcast. He was holy uh, shit. Yeah, what happened, shit, dog? Uh, How did he die? <laughs> can, he died can, can sending us an email at soundingboardpodcast at <laughs> gmail dot com, <laughs> writing us on Twitter at not always music, or contacting us on Facebook. And we're somewhere there. Don't worry about it. You'll find us. Does he? Does that mean he died because he was so embarrassed by doing that, or that it was so complicated? So it's, it's got to be one of those two. Huh? I don't, I don't <laughs> no. All right. Fine. Whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for recording with me this week. This was fun. Uh, next time, possibly week. Acid rap. Chance the rapper. It's hot shit. It's good. Right. It's good. Till then. Take it Do easy. It All right. Catch you later. Bye. Right. Bye. <laughs>